that's had the Holy Ghost a long time. Right? Some of you may not have, have it as long as some of us, but still, and it really doesn't matter. A lot of times we're looking for something to happen on the outside of us. When something greater has already happened for a lot of us years ago on the inside of us. Mm -hmm. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Yeah. How, about, how about this? You know, if we, would, uh, if we would ask a simple question, dumb question. Whose will is more important? God's will or our will? I have absolutely zero doubts that if I asked everyone of you privately in a secret ballot type uh, questionnaire, every single one of you in this room, including Abby back there, would say, God's will is more important. Yeah. That's right. And yet, when we surrender our will to Him, we become His extensions. We can acknowledge God is greater, God is more powerful, His will is more important than ours, but we can spend so much time in a attempt to be humble when humility actually doesn't have to be strived at. Humility is just a surrender. Submission is just a giving up. It's just a release of your will. It's a release of your person. It's a release of your desire. It's a release of your personal sense of justice and righteousness and fairness. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? When, when we do, it's, it's not something to grasp at, right? Now, uh, what, what does it say in First uh, Corinthians chapter, uh, what is it? I just lost it. No, Philippians chapter 4. Praise God. I'm pulling up my phone. I got a Bible right here. Praise God. Praise you, Jesus. That's the wrong reference. Um, thank you, Jesus. God is good. Amen. Um, huh? Philippians? Um, I'm looking for the, yeah, yeah, I, it might be chapter. <coughs> yes, there it is. Um, ch uh, chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, if there be any, uh, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not, not on every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This is the part I'm getting at here, verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, this is not a, and you all know this, this is not a distortion or a, a, a shaking of oneness doctrine. Uh, it's just the truth of the word. It's not doctrine at all. It's just saying that Jesus Christ himself did not think that it was stealing to grasp 
at equality with God. So, well, yes, that's fine because he's God. And that's a lot of times what we do with a passage like that. But when it says to be equal with God, in other translations it says that equality with God was not something he felt like he couldn't grasp at. And this is kind of where we're going, but on the other side of that coin, humility, when we receive the mind of Christ, we, we might have to pull for that. But humility, a letting go, is not a grasping. Sometimes we can be so, you know, so ultra humble or trying to be humble because we know we need to be humble before God. We know we don't need to be prideful, right? There is a spirit of Leviathan that hangs over New England. We are on the eastern seaboard. We are on the eastern coast. The uh, pilgrims came to this land by a boat on the water. Leviathan lives in the water. When we were down in Plymouth a year ago, we went out. Uh, when I was standing with Brother Tim, Sister Esther, out in front of that replica of the Mayflower, the Lord began to instruct me to pray against the spirit of Leviathan. Mm -hmm. Some of you might have been on that night uh, watching us and uh, praying with us. Uh, hopefully not just watching, but praying with us. And uh, we were on Zoom that night. Uh, we had our phones out, and uh, we were doing our best to be cameramen and being sensitive to the Spirit at the same time. But we, when we were out there, we were praying at one point against the spirit of Leviathan. Now, Le Leviathan, this Leviathan is the king over all the children of pride, according to the book of Job. Anybody remember that? Mm -hmm. So he's the king over all the children of pride, and there is a spirit of pride that has always resided in New England from the very first days, 400 years ago. Mm -hmm. There's always been a spirit of pride, the spirit of Leviathan, you know, like this king over all his children. It was not long after people who came to this country seeking religious freedom began to be religious oppressors. Mm -hmm. And it did not take a long time at all. It did not take a lot of years. It, it came so quick. Some of my favorite stories, and probably every one of you have heard me tell these historical stories multiple times. And I love to tell them. I love to study the lives of some of these men because I don't think it's just a history lesson. I don't think it's just my eclectic nature to like to delve into many different subjects and then want to regale all of you wonderful folks with all my wonderful knowledge. I don't believe it is just a matter of these things. Never, Don't fool yourself about that. When I get into this place under the anointing of God and the Lord brings up these things, then I understand it's not just for a personal entertainment or a personal showmanship on my behalf. If you really understood my temperament, you know that I am not naturally a showman. It's not something I desire to be. Now my daughter, she's a show person. She likes to be out front. She likes to put on a show. I'm not that guy. I've done it before, but uh, I don't really like it. It's not my nature to do so. And those of you who have known me a long time, you know that this is true. But I tell stories like William Blackstone, the man uh, whom the Blackstone River is named after. He came to Boston, the first uh, European to Boston. Uh, the Puritans came over uh, shortly after 
they came over to Charlestown. And uh, he invited them over into Boston proper because the water was better over there. And just a matter of a few years, five or seven years, these Puritans, these uh, yes, Puritan separatists, they actually kicked him out of his land in Boston because he was an Anglican. It was the Church of England, which is basically the Catholic Church remanufactured into the Church of England. That's although they did everything the same, except for they didn't have a pope anymore. They had two bishops. They took a pope and replaced it with two other men. That's really all they did. Other than that, pretty much the same. They adopted, because of the Reformation in those days, they adopted more Reformation ideas because that was opposition or, you know, protesting of the Catholic Church. And so they just kind of fit right into the whole Protestant movement of the Reformation. Why? Because King Henry VIII had already left the Catholic Church, or however you look at it, he was excommunicated from the Catholic Church. And uh, so these people were glorified pagans in the separatist minds, which is true, but there are some men like Charles and John Wesley, who were Anglican ministers, who I believe at one point got the Holy Ghost, and they began to preach under the power of God. They even preached in this nation under the power of God, seeing many people turn back to God in what we call the Great Awakening that started over in Europe and, and came over at these shores too. And a lot of times as apostolics who have all the truth, you know, and I say that very sarcastically and facetiously, we who have all the truth, uh, we disdain all these old guys like the uh, Wesleys and any guys that might have come out of the Anglican church. Hey, it doesn't matter where you came from. It's, it matters where you're going. Yeah. And if God calls guys like Roger Williams or William Blackston into this land right here, William Blackston lived in this town. His house was just down the road from here. He's still got a, there's still a, a, an oak tree planted in his name. There's a monument still down there where the old Ann and Hope was. That's where his house was. He lived right here in this town. He preached to the natives. He was a great man. And uh, we, we tell these stories uh, of, of him having to leave Boston because of religious oppression from people who were seeking religious freedom. I mean, what an what a crazy irony. Is irony the right word? I don't even know. What, what a crazy situation. You know, and Roger Williams, same deal. He was kicked out of Boston, went to Salem, got kicked out of Salem, said, I'm going back to England. I'm, I'm asking for a charter, a brand new charter to start my own colony. He comes back from England after several years, and he starts his own colony right here on Aquidneck Island in, in good old Rhode Island. He named Aquidneck Island Rhode Island. That was the original Rhode Island. And then that, uh, from there, uh, he had actually moved over to what we now call Providence. Back in those days, it was called Providence Plantations. And these two entities consolidated at one point in time into the entire state of Rhode Island. And for many, many years, it was the state of Rhode Island and Providence Plantations. Yes. Up to a couple of years ago, anyway, and we got rid of that that nasty word plantation because it's so racist. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we got rid of all that, and uh, now we're just Rhode Island. Doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. what, what the point is, is he came here for religious freedom because he didn't have religious freedom in a land that was 
opening up and blossoming under religious freedom. He had to come down here into Rhode Island, into Providence, you know, for religious, for greater religious freedom. And after 400 years, does anybody really remember these men except for their names? We have a river and we have a, a university. We have, you know, different things named after Roger Williams. And anybody that's lived in Rhode Island any amount of time should know the name Roger Williams. If you've ever been to the zoo, you should know Roger Williams' name, right? Uh, but a lot of times, that's we don't really know much about him as he's some old dude in a cape, right? We don't even know if he wore a cape. I guess he did. What am I trying to say? There's a spirit of Leviathan. And it's, it's a spirit of pride. It's, it's a headship of pride. And so, so many years in this land, we have desired to be humble and we fought against pride. My dad fought against pride because in his younger years, he was known as a know-it-all. Uh, there have been times in my life I've been know known as a know-it-all and some of you might uh, look at me that way too. Uh, trust me folks, I'm not trying to be a know-it-all. I happen to know a lot of things. I'm not going to apologize for that, especially of the education they Lord God Almighty has given me, and the Lord God Almighty has given me a wonderful education in this word, but more than that, in his spirit as well. Now, there's no reason to brag about it, and there's no reason to have false humility about it. I am who I am, and you are who you are. If we have the Holy Ghost, we have the power of God. It's not just preachers. It's the children of God who have received the power of God. If we've surrendered in true humility to God, then we have no reason to adopt false humility because we're afraid of being prideful. Now, I'm preaching to myself here tonight. I've fallen in this trap many times, even in my ministry here in Cumberland. A false pride and a false humility both. Both need to be chucked out. I have let the devil tell me I've been prideful at times. I've let people in the church tell me I'm being arrogant, stubborn, and prideful at times. And so I follow my face before God and begin to repent. Oh, God, I'm sorry for being stubborn and prideful and, 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 you know, and all this. And so many times the Lord's basically had to tap me on the shoulder and said, who told you you were prideful? Was it me or was it someone else? If it's anybody else other than me, then it doesn't apply. And so I've had to repent. Literally, this is the craziest part. I've had to repent for false pride. Pride I didn't even have, but I was claiming for myself. So how do you deal with false pride? You deal with false pride with false humility. By saying, I am nothing. I'm a worm. Is that scriptural? Hey, yeah, we see stuff like that written in the Bible. But what Romans chapter 12 verse 3 says is we are not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. That word ought basically in 400 year, 500 year old English means there is a level of how we are to think of ourselves. We're not to think of ourselves more than that. But I'm going to go ahead and say like I've said many times now through the years, we're not to think of ourselves Less than that. If we've surrendered our wills to God, who are we to act like we're not important? Mm -hmm. Who are we to act like if God Almighty told you to go out and sweep the street, mm -hmm. 
And that's what he told you to do. And you heard the voice of God. And you know, know it wasn't the voice of your mind or the world or the devil. And you know that it's almighty God. Who are you to feel yourself uh, diminished in any way whatsoever? Uh, to sweep the street or to clean a toilet or to vacuum a carpet or to pick up a piece of trash or to, whatever God would have you to do. No, there are no small jobs in the kingdom of God. If you are to go to the lowliest person in the world and tell them Jesus loves them, who are we to listen to the devil and tell us we've done nothing for Jesus? Too many times when we hear the word of God come to us and say, preach the gospel. Win the lost. Get out there and tell your families about God. Get out there, you know, and, and, and tell them the things about God. Uh, how many times have we resorted into, oh, I'm just a pitiful sinner and I'm going to be cut off. If I don't bear fruit. And listen, listen, listen. The Lord's telling us that because he loves souls, not because he hates us. God does not tell us to go out there and win souls because he's trying to scare us to death. He's telling us to win souls because he says, as we've quoted so many times over the last several months, as he is, so are we in this world. Yes. Did Jesus win souls? Yes. Did Jesus heal the sick? Yes. Did Jesus pray for folks? Yes. Come on, hey, listen, then what are we doing? Is it something that we need to feel ashamed about? No. Is this something we need to let the devil see? You know, there is a spirit of perversion that can enter into your life. Listen to me. I, I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just flowing in the spirit right here. Haven't read one scripture so far. And I might not. I don't know what we're going to do. But there's a spirit of perversion that can be, get between you and the voice of God. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. Listen to me very clearly. I've seen it happen. I've seen it manifest in the church. I've heard the words coming out of my mouth plainly. I've got a good memory. But better than that, the Lord brings back to my memory everything that he's spoken. So there's times that I have spoken things from my mouth and someone has come to me. This has happened dozens of times now through the years. Come up to me and said, you said blah, blah, blah. And I said, I did not say that. Under the anointing of God, those words did not come out of my mouth. And people would look at me like, he's crazy. No, I'll tell you what's going on. There's a spirit of perversion that is in, uh, intercepting the word of God and twisting it. So that when it comes into your ears, it's all twisted up. It's all the same words, but you hear them wrong. Now you're looking scared like, oh, this is happening to me. This is not to scare you, folks. It's to say we can, when we're preparing... In, in, in coming into like pre-service prayer, we, we have tried to exit the religion of pre-service prayer. This is the reason why a couple of months ago we said, hey, listen, if you feel like you're, you, you can get ready for church spiritually on the way to church, then go ahead. You don't need to come at 6.30 on a Wednesday night. You don't need to come at 12.30 on a Sunday. But I think a lot of times we just don't really know what it means to prepare our hearts. I think a lot of times we have been somewhat arrogant to think we know how to prepare ourselves. We've also seen people actually come for 1230 or 630 and still not prepare for church because they're not taking authority over their own minds. They're not taking authority over their own hearts. They're not repenting before God. Every time we come into this place, it should be a time of repentance. Amen. 
Mm-hmm. Come on, every major prayer you see in the Bible, right? Yes. Should we go over some of them? Acts chapter 2, I think most of us know that. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We don't even really need to turn there. We can all quote it. Then Peter said, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Come on, we know it. How about this one? In verse, uh, in chapter 3, verse 19, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may, uh, may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. You know, we, we can go through many of them. Acts chapter 17. Uh, you know, there, there was a time where God winked at our ignorance, but now is calling everyone to repent, right? Come on. Over and over and over. These messages. The prophets were constantly telling people, repent, repent, repent. And these are mostly the people of God that they're talking to repent to. Mm-hmm. When we come into the house of God, we should always be repenting. Amen. Always. It should be a lifestyle. What did Jesus tell his disciples? We call it the Lord's Prayer, but it really should be called the Disciples' Prayer. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? Come on, I to, again, I have no doubt that every one of you would answer yay to that question. Right. Yes, I'm a disciple, I'm a follower. Well, what prayer did he say to his followers? Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. trespasses. Yes, there's always a time for repentance. Now, repentance is more than just getting uh, forgiveness. Repentance is turning away from the things that you need forgiveness for, right? But that's a representation in that pattern of prayer. It's a representation that there's always, at one point in your daily life, every time we come to the house of God, there should be a time of repentance. There should be a time where you're literally getting to the place where you are sorrowful for a fleshly existence. Is that beating ourselves? Is that um, crucifying the flesh? In a, in a way it is, but it's not taking it upon yourself. It's just, Lord God, I acknowledge I'm a human. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Amen? Amen. Yes. Praise God. I am meek and lowly. But Lord Jesus, I want to rise up to meet you in the air. I want to sit with you in heavenly places. I want to go beyond the veil. Anybody want to go beyond the veil? Yes. Even on a Wednesday night? I do. Yes. Praise God. So we should always, so when we hear that constant word of repentance, we should not be getting angry. It's the word, it's the spirit in conjunction. We should not be getting angry at the word of God. If we get angry at the word of God, according to James, we just become a judge. Mm -hmm. And then we're a judge of the word. We are not a fulfiller of the word. We're not keeping the word. When we come into the house of God and we begin to hear things that we just don't like, a lot of times we just turn the dial down on God. I spoke this several months. Well, actually, it's almost a year ago now. Yes, it was December of last year when I spoke this. We, we, were, in, uh, we were in the church and I was given one of my little science examples. Okay, And right in the middle of that example, I felt the ire of the Lord, the anger of the Lord come upon me. And all of a sudden, I stopped my example right in the middle. I didn't even finish the point. I I was going to go on for another couple minutes making this point and getting back to the scriptures to try to give us a a point to kind of latch off on. But I felt right there that there were several folks, some maybe even here, but some online as well, which I found out later, uh, but uh, that were really disgusted with all my science lessons. What the Lord told me to say right there was, hey, listen, 
You might not like the science lesson. You might not like me bringing that stuff into the church. But all I'm doing is trying to make like a parable, like Jesus did, about natural things to bring us into a spiritual understanding. What's happening is when you start hearing these scientific phrases and words that I bring out, you turn the word of God off. And that's what we're going to answer for. We will answer to God before his throne one day. And if you don't like that, just wait long enough. You're going to be there. I can't make you go there. It's a case of the word itself. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, so there's not a single person in heaven or in hell or ever anywhere else that can argue against that. No, the flack I got from that is, you know, that, that's false science, that's false knowledge, whatever. All we're doing every once in a while, I don't do it every service. You know I don't do it every service. All we're doing every once in a while is just giving a parable type lesson. To try to tie in, for some of you that might appreciate, some of you absolutely don't appreciate it. And uh, listen, God knows what kind of pastor he gave you. Mm -hmm. God knows what kind of teacher he gave you. Mm -hmm. well, why should I apologize for it? He's the one that made it. I'm growing. I'm continuing to grow. I've been growing in this ministry for 20 years, almost 21 years. And I'm going to continue to grow in this ministry. Amen. Are you going to continue to grow in this ministry? Amen. If not, you can just shut it down. You can shut the Word of God off. You can turn it off. But I guarantee you I'm speaking a, a very strong word to every one of you here tonight. And if there's anybody online, you can receive it for yourself too. If you turn the Word of God off for any reason. Because we're always going to approach with certain parts of words, certain kinds of styles of preaching and certain kinds of things that we're not going to like very much. There are certain things that it's going to tweak every one of you at times, and sometimes it's going to tweak indiv individuals. Okay? Everybody hear me? Yes. But if we turn the Word of God off for any reason, we will answer to God. We will answer to God. This is part of that spirit of Leviathan. I'll decide what's good for me. No, God will decide what's good for you. This guy doesn't decide what's good for us. Come on now. Does anybody trust me enough to know that? Yes. That this guy right here does not decide for us. It's the living God. I'm not going to apologize from hearing from God. What I'm trying to say is there is a such thing as false humility. And we can get so caught up in false humility, we miss the power of God. We can get so caught up in fear and shame that we don't win souls. We can get so caught up in false pride that we're spending too much time repenting over stuff that wasn't even our problem. Amen. These are things that the Lord wants to shake out of our church. Amen. Folks, I am feeling, I, I'm telling you right now, I am feeling another reset. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling another reset. I don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, I'm feeling all kinds of crazy notions, and I have been wrestling with the Lord today. I have been wrestling with Him all day. Don't cast stones just yet. Jacob wrestled with the Lord too, and he got a name change out of it. Amen. He got a he got a, a different walk out of it too. But I've been wrestling with the Lord. I, just, I am not bragging with you. I'm talking talking to you real. I'm talking to you straight. Okay, we're not sermonizing here tonight. 
been wrestling with the Lord today. He, he's been giving me some stuff that I, I'm like, Lord, if I do this, there's people that are going to leave the church. And the Lord said, you let me worry about that. I said, there's people that are going to get angry at me. You let me worry about that. There's people that are going to call me a creep or a weirdo or a freak. And he says, you let me worry about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goodness, what other changes, what other things can we do around here to shake us up even more? And some of you are saying, why do we need to be shaken up? Because of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. we, need to, we need to continually get into the habit of repentance before we get in here. Why? Because if we're not, spirits of perversion can slip between us and the Word. Mm -hmm. And we can invite this thing into our life without even knowing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so when the Word comes to us, it just gets twisted. In fact, you know what? I think a good idea, instead of just talking about it, let's rebuke it right now. Come on. Come on, every one of us. Every one of us. You, you, you back me up in prayer as I pray over you. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, as the man of God in this place, Lord God, as your shepherd over this flock, Lord God, I command the, uh, the uh, spirit of perversion out of this place, off of anybody that it might be resting on tonight. And that includes anybody that might be watching online. In the name of Jesus, I bind this spirit of perversion. I bind it and I cast it out from our presence. And I lock it away in the name of Jesus. And I call forth the seal of the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Ghost that resides in every one of us to be activated right now and, and come to full liberty in our hearts and minds and spirits right now. In the name of Jesus. Can we praise Him together, folks? Thank you, Lord God. Thank Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Folks, we need to do it. It's not shame. It's not shame. You know, we, I, was, I was telling Tim and Esther a couple, maybe last week or whatever it was, we're tell, talking about a sister. We were at a conference, and this sister was getting prayed for by a man of God. And this man of God began to confront spirits in her life. He was sensing spirits in her life. Don't worry, it's none of you. Mm -hmm. All right? I'm not talking about any of you. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm not talking about anybody online tonight, so don't, don't worry. Mm -hmm. uh, I am talking about uh, someone that we would all know if I mentioned this sister's name. Mm -hmm. But um, we were at a conference. It was not me. It was another man of God praying over this sister. And uh, he began to confront spirits in her life. Mm -hmm. Hey, even Jesus, uh, Jesus did that? Is it a shame? No, it's Jesus trying to help us. And I, I shouldn't say try. That's, that's really bad uh, communication. That's Jesus helping those people. When he's casting devils out of them, when he's even so much as rebuking a fever off of Peter's mother-in-law, I mean, did, would it have served her to get all offended? Rebuke? What are you rebuking me for? It's not rebuking her. He's rebuking the fever off of her. Amen. You know, if Jesus is rebuking a fever, that, that means there was a spirit behind it. There was a spirit that was giving uh, Peter's mother-in-law a fever. Hey, some sicknesses, maybe even all of them, have something behind it. Because we're not separated from our soul and our spirit. Our spirit, our minds, our hearts, and our bodies are all one being. If we can understand the manifestations of God, 
that we can believe against the majority vote that God is not three persons, but rather one God, one person, but he manifests himself through the word of God as father in creation, son in redemption, Holy Ghost in regeneration, right? Yes. Amen. And we're not here to go over a whole oneness message. But come on, if we can receive something like that, then we can certainly receive that we've been made in his image. That our spirits and our souls, our minds, our hearts, our wills, our desires are not separate from our bodies. And when something happens to our body, it is not just an isolated affair of some random event. That, oh, well, we just happened to be in the right place at the right time, got the right, you know, got, got a, a little bit of a bacteria or virus in our body, and, and it was just completely isolated from our spirits. No, everything works together, and, every, and God's got it all under control. That's the reason why we don't need to be afraid of anything. What are we, being, what are we trying to be afraid of? You know, we're, we're, trying, well, we're afraid that God's not going to execute his will in our life when we've given our wills to him, when we're filled with the power of God, when we've got the Holy Ghost inside of our hearts, we've got a healer living already inside of us. Well, what does the devil do? The devil does it every time. Well, he'll remind us of every Christian, every godly man or woman who's died of COVID. And what he says, if it can happen to them, it can happen to you. Yes, it could. The reality is it could. But why expect it to happen? That's right. Why fear that it should happen? Right. Hey, sometimes I get tired of this life. I'm only 49. And sometimes I get tired of this life. There's sometimes I cry out to God. I almost, I'm not trying to say I'm Paul, but almost like Paul, Lord God, I'm ready to leave. You know, I don't want to leave my, my wife and my child, and I don't want to leave the church, and I don't want to prematurely leave my ministry. I don't want to leave the will of God. Amen. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if this at all possible, let this cup pass from me. But above all else, I, I am not going to exit the will of God. Amen? Amen? The Lord always brings me around. There's times. I mean, the great prophet Elijah, he said, Lord, I just want to go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes the pressures and the stresses of life, the, st the stress of just trying to do what's right without getting any flack from it, is so stressful at times. Uh, I mean, I literally get fever bumps coming out, stress bumps coming out of my lips. I get hives sometimes. I get anxiety sometimes. Oh, yes, I'm just being real with you folks. I'm just very much as human as anybody else. The stress of just trying to do what's right without someone attacking me for it, it, it can get so powerful at times. I just say, Lord, I don't want to do it anymore. It's like... Lord, you know I'm just trying to do right. I've made all kinds of screw-ups and mistakes, but you know I'm always just trying to do what's right, and I can't seem to ever get to a place where everyone's going to approve of it. And the Lord says, and you never will. Amen. He just comes right back and says, no, you're never going to make everybody happy. So you just concentrate on making me happy. If it upsets everybody in the church, you just do it. Amen. So I've been feeling another reset. We might, we might try it in February. And I was just talking this over with Amber last night, just kind of running it by her, see what she feels about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, pray about it, feel it after the Spirit. And I'm running it past, past you guys too. Mm -hmm. I don't have to. Listen, I'm not being arrogant here. Mm -hmm. I'm not being arrogant. I was sitting in the Superior Court in Providence years ago, and the judge behind the desk was saying, I have awesome power in this place. Mm -hmm. And he was not being arrogant. Mm -hmm. right. He was just a regular old man. 
I have I didn't sense any Holy Ghost in him. Mm-hmm. All he was saying was the facts. He said, I have awesome power. He was looking at a, at a man, and he says, you don't understand. I have awesome power here. I can put you in jail, or I can release you right now. Mm-hmm. And the, the man was just like, yeah, he, he needed a judge to just get real with him. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need a man of God just to get real with you. Yeah. I have an awesome responsibility here. To preach the word of God. If I don't preach to you the word of God, Ezekiel chapter 3 will be slammed in my face come judgment day. If you don't know what it says in Ezekiel chapter 3, it says, If I say someone's going to die and you don't warn them and let them die, their blood is on your hands. If I don't tell you people the truth, when God told me to tell it to you, regardless of how you're going to see me, then your blood will be on my hands. Your, your, your loss will be on my end. If you go in a wrong direction, that's my fault. Mm-hmm. I have tried to be a nice guy for too many years. I have. I've tried to be the facilitator. Try, let everything be nice, nice. Let mm-hmm. everything be nice, nice. And I know I'm scaring some of you right now. But what I'm saying is like what we said in October, I'm not going to hold back anymore. Mm-hmm. When the Lord tells me to speak something, I'm going to speak it. It has nothing to do with me. Really, I just happen to be the fool. And that is not false humility. I happen to be the worm. I happen to be the flesh and blood that for whatever reason that I often do not understand, God has picked to be in this place talking to a very small group of people. There's sometimes I've sucked my thumb and said, why can't we have more people to, to share all these awesome revelations with? And there's other times where I'm just, like, I go the other direction. Why did you ever call me at all? Why do I have to be a leader? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've gone both directions. Mm-hmm. All we're trying to say is, we're, we're the people of God, and we are, we are, we are. The church is what it is, and we've got mm-hmm. some great things God wants to do, but there's still some more things He wants to shake out of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. He began to talk to us about, hey, going to the man of God and exposing yourself to the man of God. Right. I think we need to get to that point where we're literally confessing our faults one to another. I'm not talking about going into a little uh, chamber with a little sliding door and saying, uh, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been two weeks since my last confession. We're not talking about that. Right. We're not talking about each one of you coming up and going to my office every Sunday and giving me a laundry list of your wrong deeds. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about when we're struggling with something, we go before the church and say, folks, I'm struggling with lustful thoughts, and I need to be delivered. Folks, I'm struggling with mental illness. I need to be delivered. Listen, we we don't do it because we're afraid someone's going to judge us and and talk bad about it. Hey, listen, if you get delivered, who cares? Because you're not doing that anymore. Praise God. If God comes along and just turns your life around so powerfully and miraculously, who cares if someone disparaged of your open confession? If you come up to the man of God and he says, you're going through that because you've got sin in your life. Hey, listen, how is that hurting you? That's not hurting you. It's helping you because now you know, yes, I've got something to do. I can. I now have a choice to make. Get rid of it or just keep it and Hope for the best, I guess. I don't know. These things aren't aren't to hurt us, but they are scary. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about and, and listen. We we can talk about it right here tonight if you'd like to. Thinking about February. 
doing a another reset. We're thinking about this is gonna. Uh, I'm gonna have to clear this with the Lord, but this is in the preliminary stages. But I have sprung things on you so often that a lot of times people just they come up to the event and they don't know anything about it. And like, and there's all this ignorance, and I don't do enough explanations on my group texts, and I'm assuming everybody just knows. And well, I have to stop assuming that. So we're here in middle of December. Yeah, it's December 15th, right in the middle of December. So um, we're saying in the middle of this month, a month and a half, we're looking tentatively according to the will of the Holy Ghost to do another reset in February, all right? Now, we're, the Lord's been giving me some, some thoughts, and, and, and I know it's from the Lord. And uh, again, I, I do have to pray about this some more. To, to, yeah, I need some confirmation in the Spirit, but um, we're thinking about doing a fast the month of February. <gasps> a 28-day fast? No. Yes, yes, a 28-day fast, but not a complete, total, no food fast. We're thinking about doing a... Uh, it's funny because I was just talking to Brother Chris uh, on Sunday, and he, he was talking about uh, one time that he did a Daniel fast, and I was like, I didn't tell him at the... At least I don't think I did. I didn't tell him at the time, but I was like, isn't that funny? The Lord's been talking to me about a Daniel fast. And, and so for that one, I think that already has been confirmed, but I'm looking for even greater confirmation. So we might do a Daniel fast, not for 21 days. We might be doing it for 28 days. And between now and then, if the Lord gives us the go-ahead, we will give you some Bible lessons and some understanding of what a Daniel fast is. It's not really a fast at all because we will be eating. But it, if, to, just to give you an acorns version of it, it's basically you're not eating anything you like. There's nothing you are partaking of in your mouth for pleasure. Mm -hmm. If you guys like to have an evening cup of chamomile tea because of the pleasure of it, then we're going to cut that out. <laughs> How about a morning coffee? Not to wake up just because it's a habitual, I, ha I, I like my morning coffee, then we're going to ask you to cut it out. You say, and some of you are, are already rebelling in your spirit right now. No way. I have to have my coffee. Well, if you have to have your coffee, you're addicted to something. Bottom line. And maybe you ought to take that one to Jesus. Okay? I don't preach drinking coffee as a sin, but I don't think Jesus wants to be as addicted to anything. If you're addicted to even so much as a morning coffee, then it's something that should go at least for the month of February. We're not talking about some crazy version of Lent either. Where we're just sacrificing, you know, to, you know, whatever. No, we're, we're talking about literally only doing the necessity. Keeping ourselves alive. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you, you eat crackers and, and drink water every day, then that would be fine. Mm -hmm. But if you start liking those crackers, <laughs> you need to find something else. You, you don't, no, no, no. What I'm saying is we're eating not for pleasure. We're not eating for pleasure. Which means we would, I would imagine, suspend all going out to eat in the month of February. Okay? No pleasure. All we're doing is the necessity of life. Just keeping ourselves alive. We're so used to taking pleasure every single day. That's true. That, that, that's, a weird, that's a long one. Usually the, the Daniel fast is not, you know, that we do that 21 days because he did it 21 days. We're thinking about the whole month of February. We're thinking about some crazy stuff like... Instead of doing a normal service schedule during the week, like a Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, 
we might just do some crazy stuff like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and skip a Sunday just to mess with our heads. And I'm serious. Just to mess with our heads. Just to get us messed up. Because, I mean, if we've got plans for Saturday. Some of us work on Saturdays. Right? And I know some of you are thinking that right now. I, I've got stuff to do on Saturday. That's my yard day. Well, it's we're in wintertime, so I probably no one's doing yard work anymore. But uh, that, you know, that's the day I do my weekly shopping, or, or that's the day I, I uh, go have tea with my mother-in-law in the afternoon, whatever. I don't know. But, you know, you know, it'll mess us up. And now, you know, Sunday, that's, well, we have church right in the middle of the day on Sunday, so we kind of like wait, sleep in late maybe on Sundays. We get ready and we go to church, and then afterwards maybe go out to eat, and Sunday's kind of all gone after that, right? So then, then we're going to be like waking up Sunday morning going, what do we do today? I don't have work today. Uh, don't have church today. It'll mess with our minds, folks. It'll get us downright mad, some of us. Some of you might be getting mad already. And I'm not even, not even sure if we're going to do all that yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there to you folks. We, I think we need another shake-up and a wake-up. Is it because we're evil, terrible people? No. You know what it is? I think it's because we have not yet been fully convinced who we are. Mm-hmm. That we have the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. We have the dynamic power of the living God residing within us. Mm-hmm. Come on, someone shout hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We have the Holy Ghost. Come on, is there anything better? Is there anything better? We've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Is there anything better? Praise God. You know, I hear hear the word cult. I hear the word cult. I think think it's popped into someone else's mind too. I think it's coming from somebody. Cult. This sounds cultish. Well, you can think that all you want. I would rather be the cult of Jesus Christ than the religions of the world. Okay? Listen, we're not forming a cult here. We're trying to serve God better. That's what we're doing here. I was telling my wife yesterday, I said, I don't know. We're just talking about this stuff. I said, when we came back from September um, Lock Haven, we went up to the mountain to pray. we came back from that. I had such excitement, such vision. I felt like I had a forward goal. And I was like, I was talking to Amber on the way home. I said, after all this, I don't even know if we'll have a church. I said, are you willing to do this? And she said, me and Abby, we're with you. And that's all I needed to hear. Uh, because some, I knew some of the things that were going to happen, and some of the things that were going to be said and preached and, and ministered and it's going to shake people up enough that they're, they're not going to know if they even want to be in this church. I was telling her yesterday, we, we went out for her birthday and on the way home, I was like, Amber, I don't know if if I begin to implement all the stuff, I feel the Lord showing me that I don't know if we'd even have a church after all this. Mm-hmm. But everybody, everybody might just leave. But I feel it that important to do this. Because I do know this, if we just keep doing the same thing we've always done, we're always going to keep getting the same results. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not talking about many, many people and, and much numerical church growth. I'm just talking about, do you want to see miracles? Do you want to see demons cast out? Do you want to see people saved? Do you want to see people's lives delivered? Yes. On, on Thanksgiving night, I, I, I see your hand, I'm going to get to you. Um, 
on Thanksgiving night, we had some people call us up asking for food. We're hungry. We don't have any food for Thanksgiving. We took about $150 worth of food. I ain't kidding you. About $150 worth of food. Uh, we decided to order out uh, this year for Thanksgiving. And um, it was great. I thought it was great. Um, I, think, mm -hmm. I think everybody can agree, Brother Roberts was there. I think everybody can agree it was some good food. Mm -hmm. And uh, it cost $300 for that food. And we only ate about half of them. <laughs> there was a bunch of, there was about 10 or 12 people there eating it. And we still only managed to get through half of it. And uh, at the end of it all, we all felt led. Yes, give them the food. So we passed over $150 worth of food to folks that never even really gave a thank you. People that we know personally. People that have attended this church in years past. And uh, promised up and down. Not that this is the reason why we did it, but promised up and down that they'd be in church on Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I uh, contacted them on Sunday. They didn't even bother to get back to me. And I haven't heard from them since. All they wanted was a handout. But you know what? I want something better than just passing out food to somebody. Yeah. I don't feel there's anything wrong with giving food to the homeless or shelter the homeless or clothes to the homeless. Uh, you know, but what I think is more important than that is what Peter said to the man at the gate. We don't have money, but we have something. We have something better than money. We have something better than money, folks. Amen. Sister Esther. Of these things that God is telling you, I feel like he is trying to prepare us. And when things start coming down, like in the end times, we're going to be thankful for these things. We're going to be thankful that God put us through yes. this shaking up. Absolutely. You know? and, and not just for that, but also when these souls start coming in, we're going to be thankful that God shook us up to to like open up our spiritual minds to what you're saying, like what we have in the Holy Ghost. Yes. To be mm -hmm. able to lay hands on them and see them healed without fearing that they're not going to get healed uh, and to be able to like you know even if it comes to to the place where we're going to be casting out devils i don't know but what if it does and i hope it does yeah that's a ministry so of jesus if, that, if it comes to that we're going to be thankful that god was shaking us yes. up to prepare us to be able to face a demon to be to be able to cast it out of that person Yes. Because I've never Amen. been there, and, and I think of it sometimes like, God, I don't know if I can do that, but I need to know that I can do that. Yes, absolutely. We have been given power and authority to cast out devils. Amen. Amen. The disciples that didn't even have the Holy Ghost yet have the authority to cast out devils. Amen. If they can do it, then we can do it. Yes. We even have record of men that yes. weren't even followers of Christ that could cast out devils. Just because they believed in the living God and they believed that it was an evil spirit and they believed God's more powerful than that spirit and they could cast it out. Amen. Didn't always work like the seven sons of Sceva. Didn't work for them too well, but there were men that could cast devils. But how much more are we with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, with the commission of Jesus Christ himself? Yes, we can cast devils off of people. We can cast possessed people, uh, devils out of them. And there are differences, and there are subtle differences, not subtle, some not so subtle, but we can teach more lessons about these things down the We haven't taught a lot of lessons in the years about casting devils out. Mm -hmm. I think the reason was because we haven't really had any real manifestation around here. Mm 
Right? Right, right. I mean, when's the last time we had a devil come in and, and just front out on us? You know, there have been spirits in the church that we've dealt with. Right. And recently, too, I've, I've actually dealt with spirits in the church. You know, uh, just go kind of without really letting anybody know what I'm doing. Go and pray with someone and just begin to command devils out. Amen. Now, this was not a possession type situation. It was devils messing with certain individuals. And we're just getting rid of them. Yes, we have the power to do this. You know, every time we're casting a devil out is not a possession situation. Sometimes it's just a devil. There's an open door to a devil. Mm -hmm. And Holy Ghost filled people can leave a door open to the devil. Mm -hmm. That's what confuses us. Holy Ghost filled person can't be possessed by a devil. Well, I agree with you. If we're possessed by the Holy Ghost, how can a devil get in there? But uh, what if we with the Holy Ghost leave a back door to the devil and influence into our life? When we find ourselves afraid of things that we should not be afraid of. That's true. When we find ourselves aggravated by things that we should not be aggravated by. When we see ourselves getting bitter and offended at things that should not be offending us. There's a devil. Yeah. Folks, every negative action like that, every negative strong emotion like that, yeah, it's a devil, folks. Is there a devil around every court? No. Sometimes the Lord allows things in our life so that we can pray through. It's not a, everything's not, every hardship is not a devil. Mm -hmm. But when we're having like bitterness in our hearts, folks, I guarantee you it's a devil. Right. When, when we're afraid to leave the house, you know, I guarantee you it's a devil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we're afraid to talk to a soul about Jesus, mm -hmm. folks, that's a devil. Because Jesus does not make you afraid of talking to souls about him. Praise God. Amen. Come on, let's take this to Jesus one more time. Lord God, Hallelujah. convince us tonight yes, of the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord God, convince us tonight. Reassure us tonight. Confirm our hearts tonight as we praise you. Lord God, that we have the power of the Holy Ghost. We have the power in the name of Jesus to heal the sick. Oh, Lord God, to cast devils out. Lord God, to preach the gospel to the meek. To bind up the broken hearts. Lord God, to set in liberty those that are bruised, oh God. Hallelujah, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And even the day of vengeance of our God. Hallelujah, Lord God. And we have the anointing of God. Jesus, appreciate We have the commission of God. We praise you. We thank you. Lord God, help us to understand who we are and what we have. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else like to comment on these things? Yes. Sister Roland, we're talking about that yesterday about going on a Daniel fast. Praise God. More confirmation. More confirmation. You said that. We looked at each other like. Big grins, you know. Okay, amen. More confirmation. Hallelujah. Yeah. How did, uh, you know, I'm going to wait, I'm going to let the Holy Ghost tell me, but how do you feel about February? It's February, yeah. you know, there is a passage in Scripture that says it seemeth good to us and the Holy Ghost. So we'll, we'll just work on that idea right now. Amen. Does it seem good?